Blog Talk Radio. And welcome to Circle Sanctuary Network Podcasts, brought to you by Circle Sanctuary, one of the oldest nature spirituality churches in the United States, connecting people of nature center paths around the world. Join us through the week for a variety of shows discussing various topics, celebrating the divine in all of its forms through nature worship, rituals, education, and building bridges of community. Welcome to our show. My name is Deborah Rose, and I'm your host on Circle Talk. Circle Talk is one of the shows featured on CSNP, Circle Sanctuary Network podcast. CSNP has a lineup of rotating shows throughout each month. Mondays feature Lunatic Mondays with host Laura Gonzalez. She alternates her weeks in English and Spanish. It can't be Tuesday without Circle Talk, and I continue to be the host for this fun show on the first and third Tuesdays of each month. Wednesdays features nature spirituality with none other than Selena Fox. Are you in the mood for some magic? Then you'll want to tune in on Thursdays for Moon Magic with Jeanette and David Ewing. The Thursday, the, Friday, the third Fridays of each month feature Blue Marble, an eco-educational, eco-restoration, and eco-activism and eco-spirituality podcast. We have such a fun and informative lineup of shows and we at CSNP hope that you try them all. Would you like to learn to live and achieve balance, fulfillment, and magic in your home? Well, you're in luck. Tonight on Circle Talk, we're going to chat with Leslie Morrison about her new book, In the Spirit of Home, Practical Ways to Create Your Perfect Haven. Leslie Morrison is a kitchen designer on Vancouver Island, Canada and has been working with the world of interiors for nearly two decades. Her passion for interiors has emerged with her love of nature-producing approach to design that is both spiritual and practical. While most of her time is spent creating dream kitchens for her clients, she works to create meaningful spaces in and out of their homes. If you want more information, please go to her website at www.lesliamorrison.com. That's L-E-S-L-E-A, excuse me, L-E-S-L-E-Y-A-M-O-R-R-I-S-O-N.com. I'm very excited for you all to introduce her to you all. I read her book. We have lots to chat about. It's going to be a great show. Welcome, Leslie, to Circle Talk. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I'm very excited to be here. I am excited to have you. Uh, and I, I read your book. Now, is this your first book, or have you have you authored others? Um, I have. This is my third published um, work. The first one I did with Llewellyn was uh, The Healing Wisdom of Birds, and that came out in 2011. Um, and then I did The Winged Enchantment Oracle with Lisa Hunt um, in 2015 through U.S. Games. So this is my technically my third publication. That so you also are a big bird girl too. Mm, absolutely, that's <laughs> where I started. <laughs> that yeah, is no, so I am. Cool. Um, How did your interest in birds come about? It was actually really funny, and I used to really love talking about what inspired the first book. I had been uh-huh. um, an anthropology student in university. 
Uh, and at the time, I had been running a, a daycare, and I used to have kids with me all the time. Um, but I felt yeah. like I was being pulled in a different direction, and, and I started everywhere I went. Uh, I walked every day with my youngest, and every time I went outside, I was finding feathers every single day. And I was at the point where I was stockpiling these bird feathers, crow feathers, anything. Uh And then birds started to come to me, injured birds. I would have birds, uh, songbirds, like landing on me, becoming such a, okay, what am I missing? What do I need to know? And Uh that was really what started it. I started to investigate um, cultural histories of birds, what they meant in spirituality as animal totems. And it was my lack of finding resources that I wanted was what inspired me to actually write the healing wisdom of birds so I kind of took everything from every resource I could find and I put it together in one in one neat little place and and then I just um I went from there and then from there we did the winged enchantment oracle I I approached Lisa Hunt who is a a well-known tarot artist and I Mm -hmm. said hey would you want to do you want to do a deck about birds and and that was just how it went so that that's that's a it's a it's an interesting way how you get pulled in a certain direction and um if you don't always listen at first it kind of gets louder and and until you listen so (laughs) so that's a good story I I love talking about it because it was like okay why am I being surrounded by birds (laughs) so I, I I think I was just to tell a story you know it was just my my time and my job to just maybe impart some of their wisdom and and I heeded the call and I wrote the book and it um and I love doing it. That is so fun. Well, then how did you yeah. get from birds to houses? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I, I, I take many paths. I'm one of those people that likes to explore a lot of different things. Um, I actually, from that point after that, I went into um, studying interior design. And then I started working um, as a career as a kitchen and bath designer. Um, and, it, and it was doing kind of um, personal projects, projects for friends and family over the years. Um, and it, it wasn't until fairly recently, probably the, the, the last few years, I really started to focus in my own space on, um, yeah, it really looks nice, but I'm not really liking how it feels. And then I started to take that kind of intuitive approach where um, I, I really wanted to focus on how, how a room felt or how, how do certain mm-hmm. color combinations make me feel? You know, how, how, does, how does wood uh, compared to metals or stones make people, um, people feel? So, so I started to really hone in on that, and the difference in my own space really transformed. And that was when I was like, aha, you know, that aha moment. <laughs> you know, I haven't right. really been focusing on how a space feels, and I don't think a lot of people do. Uh, but the more I kind of incorporated that into my own life, the, the more I started to see um, small little things that, that fit together that I hadn't noticed before. So I thought it would be really fun to start trying that out, obviously, in, in my career. And then I, I decided mm-hmm. to, to write about it because I think it's, a, it's an area that people are becoming aware of. Um, but maybe right. just needs a bit more, you know, exploration to, to kind of figure out, well, how do I do that? How do I know that my room feels good? Or how do I know that my house um, is flowing and there's energy flowing through the house? So that was really my main approach. Um, and, and again, it's just uh, life just takes you in, in that direction. And that's where that's where I am kind of right now. So um, I, I follow it. I tend to get the get the whim or the idea and I follow it through and, and I go all kinds of different places. <laughs> You're, um, I really enjoyed your book and it's 
it's broken down um, very practically. You know, you give yeah. kind of introduction, and then you go into, you know, your entryway, your kitchen, your living room. You go into sections and 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 um, um, a lot of practical advice, but there is spirituality weaved all through in the book, including meditations mm-hmm. on helping you to get to where you're talking about. Uh, yeah. How did that, that is so clever. How did that idea come to you about taking your interior design and weaving spirituality in it? Um, well, I think that's more just from my own personal experience. I, I know mm-hmm. I when I'm kind of refreshing my own space, I will I will physically stand in a room and just just kind of meditate, just kind of think about how it feels, what what do I need the room for, what do I want this room to do for me. Um, so really allowing sort of that intuitive energy to flow in and, and, and kind of guide me that way. But the, the main reason I wanted to incorporate that in is because the way a room functions and the way a room feels, um, you know, whether or not people want to think about that or admit it, it really does impact how we live. And I think that impacts how we um, how we interact with others, how we interact with the world. If we have a space that's very nurturing, um, you know, and, and inspires us to grow or motivates us to, you know, kind of be our best, I, I think that that space is, is nurturing us on a spiritual level and an emotional level. So focusing on that spiritual side, I think, is um, just as important on focusing on how it looks. I mean, if it has to feel a certain way and it has to, I think, have a certain energetic framework to really be giving us what we need of a space. Um, and Mm -hmm. and I I found a really interesting quote by Winston Churchill Um, I can't remember if I left it in the book or not but it was uh, we shape our buildings and then our buildings shape us so I think that's really important Mm -hmm. that we give we we may build a room or or build a building but it's what we put into that space that is what we're going to get back out of it so that was really where I took uh, that was really my inspiration was that mindset is what are, what are we putting into our houses and our rooms and and how are we being nurtured um, back at that point and I think it is very spiritual to have a space that you feel good in and that makes you feel comfortable and makes you want to be there I think that's a, a, it, it is very close to our spirituality and I, I think it's something that we should all be looking at when we're we're looking at our houses Absolutely. Did you did you um, grow up in a pagan path or earth centered, or is this something that you came to later in life? Um, well, my mom was. Um, she used to tell me stories about how she rebelled against her very religious mother. <laughs> she was a kid in Scotland. <laughs> we're we're a Scottish family. I'm I'm first generation Canadian, but but she oh, wow. was very much um, very much a, a a pagan. Not that she was mm-hmm. she didn't practice a lot of it, but that was her mindset. She was very nature based, very nature oriented. And she gave me my first uh, set of tarot cards and runes. I think when I was That's ten, really wonderful. something something like that. Yeah, and, and we did. We we had a gift shop together. Um, um, when we lived in, in Alberta. So we did a lot of um, nature-based things. We sold a lot of nature-based products. Um, I did, she, she encouraged me to pursue um, tarot readings when I first started to read uh, for other people. So the, the household itself was just very open and we were always uh-huh. just encouraged to, to follow what felt right. But my mother in particular was very, uh, very earthy and very, very pagan based. And I think that's where I ultimately got my, you know, I, I was allowed to express that, but it Your came lady. naturally to me yeah. anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's 
That's wonderful. Well, I loved your book, and I liked, um, again, I have read a little bit about feng shui, but you talk a little bit about that, and I I like how you start out, and you're very clear by saying this isn't a feng shui book. You know, you want more information, hear where you can go, but I like how you started (laughs) out with, and is it called um, Baga or the map that you use? Oh, the the Baga, yeah, yeah. And I've always tried to struggle with that, but I thought that was an interesting way to start. Yeah. Yep. No, and I, I, I'm not a feng shui master. I've, I've kind of played with some of the techniques um, and, and I tend to do that. I, I, I take things from different philosophies or, or backgrounds um, that, that I can, I can incorporate, but I'm not a, you know, I'm not a feng shui master and there's so many, um, really professional feng shui practitioners out there that I do encourage people if they're interested to to find those resources for sure because it is so it can be so technical um, and 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 it's a whole different um, way of kind of going about decorating but there are some very um, similar aspects I think some some of the core beliefs in feng shui um, and the the some of the other older philosophies that are um, very similar in terms of um, you know looking at the directions looking at the way the elements right. work um, and, and then and then really focusing on the energy flow um, which is what I really wanted to kind of hone in on as well because I personally can feel stagnant energy in a room not everybody can but I personally can right. so I wanted to incorporate that and maybe some of the techniques in the book will help people maybe pay attention to that. You know, um, why, why do, why do I hate going to my bedroom at night? You know, what, what's going on in this space that I need to look at um, and, and kind of feeling that. Right. And it's really paying attention to how that feels because if it doesn't feel right, then something's not working. And I think that's what, um, that's what people really need to start focusing on. It's funny because you really helped me because um, you called it, it's basically an energy map. So mm-hmm. that helps me, you know, I try to look at it scientifically and I couldn't figure it out. I'm like, is this Southeast or whatever? But that made much yeah. more sense to me is use it as a tool, one of many, to hone in on your space. Right. Yep. Yep. And it, and it really is. I mean, e- even if you look at it from the, you know, the directional if you're if you're going to focus like really on you know where's the east and where's the west in my home, I mean that approach works for a lot of people. Um, but but a lot of people might find a more intuitive approach works. So um, mm-hmm. I, I've I've tried to incorporate feng shui elements into um, houses before that just didn't feel right. So sometimes right. it's not about following a strict formula. It's about okay, well. But, you know, according to a feng shui, you know, theory or practice, this room should be great, but it doesn't feel good. So, so there's always a little bit of um, intuition, I think, when you're, when you're incorporating um, um, elements into your home. And I think at the end of the day, it needs to feel good. And everyone's different. Everyone's going to feel that differently. Everyone's going to feel space differently. Everyone's going to react to color differently and texture. So, um, I think it, it's a very subjective experience, uh, but if right. you can incorporate it's, some of those philosophies, that's that's great because they're very old and they've been, you know, right. they've been very helpful and they're and they're they're wonderful, but they might not all work for everybody. So it's 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 a matter right. of just trying things out. I think. Right, and I think when things are old and they've been used, you know, over centuries, it gets their own type of energy to it. 
Exactly. So, yeah. 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 And for I, sure. I liked, um, um, I, you did a really good job. I really enjoyed reading about the elements to incorporate mm-hmm. them. In fact, you gave me some suggestions I hadn't thought of. Like one is like, I'm like, I don't really have any metal in my room. And you <laughs> go to say that the color white can represent yep. metal. Yeah. And I'm like, yep. and oh, that's- so go ahead. Talk, talk about yeah. that. Well, and there and there might be some people that that don't want to incorporate, like maybe somebody doesn't want um, to add a, a water fountain or a water feature, right? So there are mm-hmm. little um, there are little tricks in feng shui where where certain things represent the elements. So that's where really going into detail if you're if you're going to study you know feng shui or looking to incorporate that. You know, in the instance of water, you can you can have a mirror, right? Just a reflective surface. Right. So you don't necessarily have to have the physical element um, unless you're so inclined but there a lot of the colors are representative of the elements as well so even if you just want like a subtle feng shui cure to add the element of metal you can have white you can have something just with metal on it it doesn't have to be extreme mm-hmm. and I think maybe that's where a lot of people don't necessarily know um, is that there are a lot of more subtle ways to incorporate the elements into a room without you know putting a fire in the middle of your <laughs> <laughs> the middle of your right. kitchen, right? So, so yeah, it, it's just a, a matter of playing with things, and and you know it might be too much for some people. So, but there are very uh, and and there are some some tips and tricks in the book about how to just you know incorporate small things into your space to to represent right. those elements or kind of get that cure in there. If you're, I I'm I'm partial to wood. I always have been. I I, I could go overboard with wood. But then it feels very heavy. So you, there has to be a balance, right? So scale back on the wood a little bit and add a little bit of metal um, and a little bit of blue maybe to, to soften it for the water element. So like a throw blanket or a pillow. And, th- and that can work just wonders, just a little bit to balance that out. So it doesn't have to be extreme. Um, and, a lot of, and you don't have to go and, and spend a lot of money and completely redo a house or a room. There are some very simple ways that you can just freshen up a space just by, by swapping out colors um, and, and, and just little chips, tips and tricks like that can go a long way. Yeah, I, and again, I really liked how you say try something and see how it feels. If you don't like it, yeah. Try something. Do it again. <laughs> you know what I mean? I, you know, you know. It's sometimes yeah. I think we we get impatient and we like want the perfect thing. And I have, besides your books, I've read so many that say, you know, your house is kind of a journey. It will change over mm-hmm. time. So as you change, yeah. So uh, well, and that's just what really- it is. I- yeah, and I and I think that's very true. Is that you're 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 never going to be the same person you were yesterday or last year. So I mean, constantly, you know, even once a year or seasonally. I know a lot of people change things up seasonally, but even once a year, um, just maybe just do an assessment of do I do I still like this painting? You know, a lot of people just keep stuff because they can't be bothered or they don't want to spend money, but then they don't realize the impact that's having. That you know, you're hanging on to things that you don't they don't bring you joy, but you, you're just, you're just going to leave it there because it's easier to leave it there. And and I think that's one of the biggest mistakes people make is, is I couldn't imagine living in a house that looked the same for, for even five years. It would probably drive me nuts. 
And I just, but that's just me changing constantly and wanting to be surrounded by the things that I'm drawn to at that time. And, and I do, and every year I do a a clean, I donate boxes of old stuff, you know, I have kids, so it's pretty easy, (laughs) pretty easy to accumulate stuff, but, Uh but it's very important. Just, just, just donate it. If it just, it doesn't need to be there. Just, if you're not wearing it, get rid of it. And, and, and it feels amazing. And then it, opens up those kind of energetic doorways for new things to come in. Um, and, I, and I don't think anyone can stress that enough. And it's obviously home organization is a huge, um, huge topic right now since, you know, the pandemic and people are focusing on this stuff and, and we really need to start looking at how we're living and what we're hanging on to and how we can raise that ener- energy in our homes, you know, on a, on a everyday basis. Yeah, and I have to say, I, you you had a chapter about um, the magic of letting go, and I have to say, I struggle with that. I tend to be a pack rat um, mm-hmm. for certain things. So, uh, yeah, um, I do art, rubber stamping, scrapping, and so I have, you know, and I look at them, but I have just a closet full of twenty year old art magazine. I mean, yeah, I tend to be a pack rat too. Yeah. So an organized pack, yep. right? It looks good, but it's still there. So yeah, absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> I I read your chapter. I'll I'll probably have to read it every night for about three weeks. But anyway, <laughs> <laughs> and that's one of my favorite chapters. And I and I think that's and when I did the webinar, some of the comments that came up afterwards were that it was it was difficult for people to let go, and and they yep. wanted advice on how to do that because it's so emotional as we attach so right. much stuff to our possessions or our our photographs or you know oh I can't I can't get rid of that because you know my mom gave that to me 20 years ago and my mom's not here anymore it's like well but but is that making you happier is that just kind of clinging to a it it becomes a burden but you you feel guilty to let it go and I think that's a huge part of space clearing which is I think my my favorite part of the book is on the space clearing because it is the most important. I mean, it doesn't matter how how much nice stuff you buy to put in your house. If you're, if your house isn't clean or organized or you're hanging on to stuff, you're not going to get the, the feeling. You're not going to get the, the energy flow that you need with, without getting rid of some of that old stuff. And and that's just, um, that's just the way it is. (laughs) And it's funny. I didn't really realize that. Although both of my sisters are like, Oh yeah, they get rid of things very quickly, um, and I didn't mm-hmm. realize I was like that until something about my mom went to get me something years ago, and I'm like, well, "Why don't you give this to my sister? She might like it." She goes, "No, I know if I give it to you, you'll keep it." And I thought, <laughs> "Oh my God, I'm the family pack rat." So you I are, <laughs> yeah. And so yeah, so I'm like, "Oh, that's what," because they know. But I'm like that. I have a hard time getting rid of family mm-hmm. things but um yeah. no it's funny very my kept my grandmother's old tupperware and i'm like oh tupperware is not an heirloom but anyway so yeah. <laughs> so i have to work through that i have to listen. but you'll I find a use for it I've right <laughs> oh yeah no i keep it yeah. for later i don't you didn't think i didn't underline that in your book keeping it for later <laughs> so yeah i have a I, i'll be reading the um i think it's the third chapter every night you know, about a month but anyway so yeah, yeah but it, but you're right it is it is something that I think a lot of people struggle with it is for sure and I think that's probably the and that's why I recommend starting there before you're 
going to do anything else is, is just is assessing the space. I mean, is okay, what, what needs to be done first? And clearing space is always where I suggest starting is because you can't go anywhere with, without getting rid of that old stuff. So, yeah. But yes, it yeah. is hard. It is challenging for a lot of people. And, and that's part of the journey, I think. That's part of the, the evolution that you, you need to go through is, is I'm not that person. I'm not, I don't need this. So, yeah. yeah. Well, if I was going to, like, redo a room, do you have a suggestion on what room I should start with? I I usually recommend um, the bedroom as one of the main ones. Um, the bedroom, I, I don't know why, but most people I meet, the bedroom is the messiest room in the house. <laughs> I and I don't know say, if it's just that's a thing. funny you say that. Yeah. That is the last room I spend money on. And then, and. And yeah. I'm there every day for eight hours. Isn't that crazy? <laughs> exactly. I know, and that's where we dream, right? That's where we. I mean, I don't know, right. but that's where this is where I do my 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 own tarot readings. I do my um, I do a lot of my writing in my room. It, it, it's my space. But a lot of people, when I walk into their room, it's like, oh my god, a bomb just went off in here, because we right. rush to get ready in the morning and we just throw clothes right. down, or the kids come right. in and read and they leave books and toys and. But that is your space, and I mean, ultimately, that's where we go to rejuvenate at the end of the day. And if that space is a tip, you're probably not going to get the nurturing sleep you need. Whether or not you're processing what's going on in the room or not, it is going to affect you. And I, and I don't think most people pay attention to that because you're tired and you don't care. You just want to go to bed. But right. but it does right. Right impact you on. Leslie cannot yeah, right. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but it's that's funny. It's everywhere I, I go. Have problems at times. <laughs> I have problems at times sleeping, and I never correlated that. Yeah. No, and, and it's very common. Most people don't think about it. Um, yeah. I mean, the kitchen is one thing. It's another one I think that's important, too. But if you're yeah. going to just do one room, I usually suggest look at your bedroom first, because I guarantee you don't look at your bedroom. <laughs> yeah, right. it, it's no, very important. Right. Because guests, people who come over, visitors don't see my bedroom. So I think most yeah. folks are like me. They tend to spend money where people are going to see it. Exactly. Yeah. Which is it's funny, isn't it? So you're 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 designing and preparing for other people, and it's not really up other people's. You know, it's it's your energy you need to focus on, and right. and that's where I think that this approach is going to work for a lot of people. Is like, oh wait a minute, it's my space, and I need to take back my space and make sure that. My space is doing, and and it doesn't matter. I mean, a lot of people, you know, are are renting or they don't own a home, but it doesn't matter. I mean, it's your space while you're there, and it's going to impact you every day, and it's gonna, it it is gonna um, influence your your interactions with the world, and 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 it's just something I've discovered, and and if I can help just a few people out, you know, out to, to, to try these things out, um, then I then I think that's fantastic. But yes, start with your bedroom. Make your bed, and I make your bed every morning. <laughs> that's what I. Yeah, do. that's funny. I, um, no matter um, if there's shoes on yep. the floor, I make my bed, and that's make funny because bed. I have a daughter who does not. She just is like, I'm going to get back into yep. it. But yeah, I I have a problem. I don't. I will make if I'm in a hurry, and I don't make my bed. I will make my bed before I get into it. That's probably kind of weird, but I will do that. <laughs> so I just say I do it. like a made bed. Yeah. No, and it's and it just shows that you're ready to start the day, and you're you know the sleep time is over, and and I think just a a few 
Um, and, and I got out my room periodically as well. And I, you know, I just, I took out the desk. I was like, nope, I'm not working in my bedroom. And it, there has to be a separation, right? And it has to start with, with the space and what you intend to use the space for. So, um, and the exercise bike, you know, I used to have that in my room too, but nope, took that out. <laughs> Just it, it's a it's a place for restoration and and you know resting and dream world if you're gonna if you're gonna do dream um, dream work or anything like that it, it needs to be um, a heightened space and, and a place for to invite those energies in. But it's got to be. I mean, how do you create this nurturing, beautiful place when we're all busy and I don't really have. I mean, I don't have time to fluff pillows. Yeah, and a lot of us don't, and I think that's where our biggest downfall is: is that we've made ourselves so busy, and and we've yeah. we've come, we've made ourselves so tired where we don't care what the house looks like. Yeah. Um, and, and I'm 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 I, maybe I'm just different, but I'm one of those people that when it gets to a certain point, I can't do anything else. I I cannot think. I cannot focus. I will, you know, no, the house is getting clean today or this room is, is not working and everything stops for me. Energetically, everything stops. But I think a lot of people push through it and they push through the exhaustion and they push through the mental fatigue and, and, and there's just, but it's a part of self-care in my opinion. You know, if you can <laughs> spend all this time on doing your hair or your makeup or your nails, you know, you can spend that time on your space. You know, it is a part of self-care. And I think it's a very important part of self-care that people don't think about. Um, and and we, we just take it for granted sometimes, I think. It's just a room, um, but it's not just a room. It is space, and we're putting energy into it, and we're going we're gonna to take energy from it um, to a certain extent. So it, it, in my advice, I think, to anybody would be is just make it a part of self-care. You know, like, like we say, when you get up in the morning, stretch you know you can take two minutes to make the bed or you can take two minutes to to grab the dirty laundry you left the night before and put it in the laundry Mm -hmm. room you know it's just it's just small and it doesn't have to take long you know why why am I sleeping on you know sheets that have holes in them or you know it's Mm -hmm. self-care and I think that that you don't have to put a lot of money into into everything in your home but where you sleep and where you rest i think is is a big part of how you care for yourself and it says a lot i think about um how you want to care for yourself in the end is is how you how you treat your space that's how i look at it and i i just i don't know if i i if i'm a snob that way but when i walk into somebody's home i always look at people's face i can't help it <laughs> Like, oh, that mm-hmm. person likes to read or that person likes to collect mm-hmm. pottery. And, and I'm observant that way. But to me, it shows a lot about this person doesn't want to take a lot of time to make their space comfortable for themselves. So they probably overextend themselves. <laughs> so mm-hmm. those are just things that I notice about people. And, and, and it's usually pretty accurate. But, yeah, we're busy. I'm I'm busy, too. And and if I haven't paid attention to my space, I feel it. And, and, then, and then everything has to stop until I fix it. So... That's just how I've learned to correct that in in my world. So, um, it, it and it takes practice. I think a lot of people might struggle with some of the some of those things for the long term, but it's definitely worth trying. You know, if any anyone reads the book and at least tries a couple of the the, the tricks or techniques or um, rooms in there, um, it would be worth just to see how it changes things. I think. Yeah, and the book. Um really makes you look at things differently like talk about the chapter the entryway um and you even talk about deities 
um, mm-hmm. that you work with. And again, I, um, you know, I hadn't, you know, my foyer looks perfect if company's coming over, but typically not. And that chapter made me rethink things too. Tell us about that. Well, and it's interesting. the The entryway in um, in a lot of uh, Asian cultures is is a very important part of the home. It's the most important place. It's and in in going back to like Roman times and and ancient ancient civilizations, the entryway is your. It's like a portal. That's where the the outside world stops and your personal sanctuary begins. And that was how people used to view their space. You know, a long time ago. Um, that, that we maybe don't now, but it's it's like a portal to your world, um, and and it should be it used to be um, guarded by deities, and there is a there's a mm-hmm. list of deities in the book as well that sort of act as those guardians to the portal. And I myself have Athena at my front door every in every house I've ever lived in. I have Athena at my front door, but that's just something that I've come to associate with the protection of my mm-hmm. portal, right? But but having an entryway that um, that, that's cluttered with shoes. I mean, everybody throws their shoes on the floor when they come in. It's it's just what we all do. But but if you walk in and, you, and and there's mess the instant you walk in the door, and there's there's clutter and there's junk. I mean, you're that's the first thing you're seeing when you come home at the end of the day. So how is that impacting you? You know, when you walk in the front door, and I don't think a lot of people mm-hmm. realize that. And it's that clutter is probably slowing down energy trying to come in because there's so much stuff there and, and, and it's not organized, but that is your, that's sort of your, your passageway from the outside world to, to your personal sanctuary. So if that's not clear um, and bright and open and kept tidy, I think right off the bat, that's influencing um, your, your time in the house. That's influencing as soon as you walk in the door. So the last thing you want to see when you come home at the end of the day is, is stuff everywhere, right? Because it's going to set you off, you know, into a mood of, oh, okay, there, there's mess here. And, and it, and it just, it, I think it, it just impacts you on, again, levels that I don't think a lot of people even realize that that's, these are the little things that I think eat at us over time, but we just don't mm-hmm. attribute them to what we're doing in our space. But the entryway, I think it's interesting because of the historical significance of that. Um, there's a lot of, a lot of cultures that put great uh, emphasis on the entryway um, and, and having guardian deities to, you know, or, or familial deities that, that protect the space. So um, that was a really interesting um, uh, bit of research for, for the book as well how important that space was to ancient peoples and why we should be looking at that right now. And again, and it's interesting because I'm a, um, I'm a practitioner, so I work with energy magically. So I'm not sure why I'm not clever enough to realize to use it in practical terms, but it's movement of energy. And I really liked in the book you talked about, um, like you said, in other cultures, the um, entryway is the most important. So you should mm. come there if possible. But maybe people yep. like me who have a garage don't go in that way. And in the yep. book it says you should at least once a month, once a week, whatever, open your front door yep. to let that energy in and out. And I thought that was very clever. Mm-hmm. And, and, that, and that's true. And, and that's what uh, most people see of our home as well from the outside. 
Um, so I, I t- just make sure that you've got, if you have a garden, make sure it's tended and you don't have dead plants lying around out there because it, it, it just, it, it introduces kind of the things you're hoping to attract into your home. I think the entryway and I, and I go around and I look at, you know, again, I look at people's houses because that's what I do, but, but I always look at the entryway. I always look to see you know, what people have done with it, because it's interesting to me. Some people really go all out for the entryway to to kind of, when you walk up to that front door, wow, this person takes, you know, great pride in their home and, and they're welcoming these positive, healthy experiences. And they've got this, you know, these, these big, beautiful, healthy plants at the front door. And that and those can be indicators of wealth and success. And they always have been culturally or having statues there. But I think that speaks volumes to people coming in as well. Um, and then again, that impact of, of you coming in at the end of the day or, or whenever and having having that sense of, uh, you know, positive energy flowing in constantly because you're keeping that entryway clear. You're 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 showing the world that you respect the space and that you're inviting all of these great things into your home. So um, it is a very important part of the house. And, yes, yeah, a lot of people do use the garage or the back door, but even just opening mm-hmm. it up every, you know, every once in a while to just invite that energy in, let that positive air flow in and, um, and just call out what you're hoping to attract to the home. It, just just periodically. It, just same with opening windows and and doors as well. Just uh, just to invite that fresh energy in, I think is very important. Because that's where everything starts. Right. I think is is the front door. Right. Right. Yeah. I really I liked. Um, yeah, I really enjoyed that chapter, and I thought about that too because uh, unless I have company come over. I may go a long time and not go in and out my front door. So, mm-hmm. uh, uh, in, in fact, I had a recently had a storm and, and had um, damage. I'm going to have to have some trees removed. And I had a huge limb fall off a tree. And so oh. I had someone come out to give me estimates. And I laugh. I have um, a bush that is literally you walk up the steps of my door and it's right there and it's huge. But it's dying. The bar, the top part of no. it's dying, but the bottom part of it's brown. But I keep it there because it hides where they put my packages. Oh. <laughs> so the guy, and I didn't, I don't say anything about it because that's why I kept it there. And you're right, I don't come in that way, so I don't look at it. And so you just made yeah. me realize when the guy was doing estimates, he said, and if you want, I'll take that dead bush out. Like, what? Yeah. Because I, I I don't look at it. I just kept it there to hide packages. So you're right. I probably yeah. need to walk in my front door and see how it yeah. makes me feel. See how it makes you feel, and see, and because I think that 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 is saying a lot about what you you want to attract, and you know, um, right. it, you know, I go out, I go in and out my front door, and I try and see, you know, dead leaves tend to blow at the front door, so they're always accumulating, uh-huh. but I. I try and sweep that every week is just get rid of the dead leaves and, and, and brush them off the path. And then as I'm doing that, I visualize that dead stuff leaving um, and clearing the path for, for new energies to come in. So I think intention is a big part of that too, which comes back to our spirituality and, and how, 
how you're you're you know impacting your home on a spiritual level is is what what intentions are you giving your home or um and 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 a lot of us just don't think of that um and i i recently connected with a interior designer in calgary who runs a firm with that very philosophy so we've been we've been connecting and and she just said uh-huh. it's just amazing because a lot of people don't look at their homes from that perspective and no they don't they just they want it to look like they see it on pinterest but okay, uh-huh. but that might not work for you, right? And, right? and 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 I've done beautiful rooms and beautiful, you know, kitchens and it, for for people or for myself. But it, it sometimes it looks amazing, but it doesn't feel like it's yours. And and a lot of right. people, I think, there's that disconnect, right? Is it, it you could follow a trend and make it look picture perfect, but it's not yours. It's not you. It's not what you want. Um, so again, it's just it's it's more of an intuitive approach and a more of a a personal spiritual approach to to making the space how we need it and and I and I don't think dead plants or anything like that are are, are helping us. I don't because they're not representing anything that's healthy and nurturing. <laughs> no offense, but. <laughs> Absolutely. It's just when when I see a dead plant, I just want to rip it out. That's my first instinct. Right. I don't want that there because it's taking nutrients away from something else. So that's just right. that that's my approach to, to how I view it. But I realize that maybe not everyone sees it that way. But but that that was yeah. sort of my um my perspective on that. Yeah, and it's interesting you talk about style because you also in your book talk about different styles and you are a rustic girl you like cabins i am did i remember that correctly (laughs) yeah yeah and that's funny i do i have a very and i didn't realize i have a very distinct style like i have a friend whose um home um was done by interior decorator it was very expensive and 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 I had another friend who said, oh, gosh, don't you wish we could afford to do that? And I'm like, no, I don't like – that would make me – that doesn't feel like home to me. So mm-hmm. Exactly. That you're right, but yet, you know, my house with books everywhere would drive, drives her crazy. So it's interesting yeah. how you're right. We are all individual spirits in this world and are looking for different things. Exactly. And that's a, and and obviously not everybody is in a position where they can just, you know, pick whatever house they want where we don't always have that luxury, but right. there are definitely ways you can incorporate what that represents into your space. So like, like I said about the rustic house, you know, I, I tend to buy rustic woods or, you know, faux fur throws or anything that kind of gives me that feeling of being, in a little cabin and I just happen to be lucky enough to be in a place on Vancouver Island that is surrounded by deer. So so Uh I do have deer running past my windows. So it's just, it's just incorporating those little things that make you feel that you're there just, just enough to satisfy, you know, your spirit and to give you that. Um, And if you can absolutely go buy a house in the mountains and perfect, you know, and that's what you want, but, but it is, and we all resonate to different things at different times. You know, I probably wouldn't have thought that way 10 years ago, um, but Mm -hmm. that's the way I feel now. So it's, it's really about just, letting yourself evolve with, you know, with your space and, and, and making sure that you're kind of lined up and, and there's a, a real connection to who you are now um, with what your space looks like. And, and that, that's really where I tend to just tell people right off the bat, you know, what does your house now represent what you feel you are or, or where you're going? And, 
And if it's not, then there's that, um, there's definitely an energetic disconnect there where you, you could be benefiting more um, from your space than you are. Absolutely. I think sometimes um, folk get it in their head, um, um, especially now with inflation and money tight. Is mm-hmm. it, is it, do you always have to spend lots of money to make changes that count? No, I, I tend to spend very little money if I can. I'm, pre, I'm pretty stingy. <laughs> but, I mean, if, if there's a lot of... A lot of times um, I, I, I tell people, I'm like, well, before you change anything in your house, you know, before you, you know, go buying new stuff, start with the space clearing, you know, see what it is you need to get rid of first before you want to figure out what you want to buy, right? So get what, what is it you don't like in this space? What's old? What's run down? What makes you go, ew, I don't like that anymore? So that's where the space clearing comes in and, and, and start there, get rid of, and then you can reassess the space at that time, you know, is my furniture in disrepair? So those are all questions you have to figure out. You know, if you're talking about major, you know, you know, my couch is broken, but I'm going to use it anyway, that's different, but you don't have uh-huh. to spend a lot of money. And a lot of times it's just a matter of doing like a, like a seasonal refresh. So like every Every spring and then every fall, I do, um, like, I'll change duvet covers or I'll change throw pillows or I'll change um, or I'll I'll switch around the furniture placement, you know, and clean everything, make sure there's no clutter. And and it's, it's like a world of difference. It's like a totally new space just from and I and I recycle a lot of the stuff that you know that I have um, assuming I still like it but if I don't I will uh-huh. either sell it or I'll donate it to a friend and and I'll go and see if I can find something reasonably priced that I want to replace it with but you don't have to spend a lot of money um, and I think the biggest changes people can make in their homes are things that they can just do to clear that space um, or reorient the furniture so the flow is better uh-huh. or, little things like that or, or changing up the colors that does or painting anything just simple like that um, can make tremendous um, tremendous differences into into a space and the energy so don't always think that you have to spend lots of money because I unless you're doing a total overhaul then that's fine but there's a lot of things you can do just um, just small scale that make big differences do you think the world I know um, COVID has changed the world and people have spent much more time at home. How do you think mm-hmm. that's impacted on how they look at their home? I think that's been actually a really big, you know, not that COVID was great, but I think it's shown a lot of people um, it, how to reassess their space and, and sort of their priorities. And when people were stuck at home, um, I think a lot of people realized how much this didn't work for them. And how much yeah. they didn't want to be at home, maybe, because it was so messy. Or, wow, why don't I have a place that I could go and work? You know, how come I have never thought of that right. before? But um, and, Or the bedroom, you know, if people were sick, you know, why does my room suck? And why don't I feel like yeah. I'm resting? And, and things like that. And I think it was a really good wake-up call in, in a certain respect of people... Um, realizing that, you know, we, we spend so much time out of the house and, and running around and doing all of this stuff, and then everybody had to stop. And it, not that the sickness itself was a good thing, but I think what right. it showed a lot of people was a good thing, is that, you know what, just stop. You know, look at what you have and, and 
find a way to to be healthy and safe in your home in your space um and, and that's that was sort of what started to get the ball rolling for me you know plotting this book out was wow people just don't know you know sometimes what but they're what they're they don't know their space they don't know their home right. as if it was an entity of its own right um so i thought that was a very interesting dynamic and i think people even though they've gone back to work um, I think people are changing the way they look at things, especially now that things are really expensive. Um, so people are going to be looking for ways to to tackle these these home projects now on a budget or or, or trying to find out ways that they can live in more harmony at home. So I, I think some good came out of it, um, and I hope people will explore some uh, some new techniques for getting acquainted with your house because in a way it's sort of like an entity. It is an energetic being because you're creating it with your own energy. And um, and and we have to work with our homes um, if we're going to benefit from them the most. Absolutely. And, and again, um, uh, a side effect of the pandemic and inflation, all this is that um, house prices have in some areas doubled. And so people yeah. just can't move to a new house, you know, if, yeah. if if they want extra room or they want something, they can't move. And so you're right. They're having to refigure and remodeling and, and working on the home much, maybe much more uh, budget advantageous to them. Yeah. Oh, for sure. And on Vancouver Island, I mean, we've seen a huge, it's just been absolutely out of control over here, the, the housing market. So there's, there's a lot of people that have had to reassess um, where they are. Um, and maybe that's a good thing. Maybe we just need to learn how to scale it back a little bit and, and, and make the most of what we have. And, and these are some simple ways that you can do that, for sure. Yeah, talk, and talk a little bit about, because you have a, a chapter in your book about the home office. Um, that was um, a shock to many of my <laughs> friends working at home. Um, yeah. And and I know uh, even in my own family, people with small children, you know, tried many, started out in the family room, went to the kitchen, ended up in their bedroom. You know what I mean? Many people ended up reworking their house over this past year to try to find a space, you know, that they could um, work. Because for a lot of people, like um, people had all of a sudden they not only had to have a space to work, they had to have a table that could hold two monitors and, and yep. you know, they weren't used to that. So talk a little bit about the home office. Well, I think, I mean, obviously people having to work from home really had to see that, okay, my, my house isn't equipped for this. But And it, and it doesn't mean necessarily that people are going to stay working at home. But I think what we right. tend to do um, as people is we tend to put things into little compartments. So we need to have that focus. So um, if, if I'm going to go and cook, I want to have the kitchen space that I need. If I want to go and sleep or rest or meditate, I want that space to be what it is. And when it came time to working from home, okay, wait a minute, there's, there's no box for me to go do that in. <laughs> so I, I think right. what it is is we need to have a space where we can turn that on and off when we need to. Um, so it, and, and that's why working at the kitchen table or the kitchen island can be hard because there's always distractions there. And not everybody is going to have a space and and it's not always going to be ideal where everyone has a a room they can convert to an office. Um, But but even if it's like a section of the living room that you can kind of section off or it's just something that psychologically you can say that is where I work and when I'm done, I can leave it. 
Um, so I think that's really the, the biggest aspect of, of trying to work from home or trying to find an office space is to keep that. Uh, and then, and that's where the intention comes in. I know that's where I'm going to work and this is, this is what I'm going to create the space to be. And I think just doing that um, will, will help you focus and help you think clearly. And um, obviously scheduling and stuff, your, your, your day is a part of that too. But if without that space, it becomes chaotic and then there's no, <laughs> there's no set focus as to where you're going to work. And, and that's hard. I've tried it too. And it doesn't work. It doesn't work to, to not have a set space where you can just go and put your stuff. It, it doesn't make you think as clearly. Uh, maybe there are people that work well like that. I'm sure there are, but the majority of us just, just don't. Because you take away that structure of going to an office or going to a building, um, all of a sudden there's chaos. Because you're, 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 we've been trained over the years to work and then come home, right? So, so there has to be some kind of separation. Um, and if you do have an office, there's home office, there's some really good tips in there for kind of making that mm-hmm. your power space and your workspace and a comfortable environment. But um, there, there's going to be situations where you don't have that. So it's going to take a little bit, bit of creativity. But even like divider screens, you know, I've I've seen people use those, you know, in their bedrooms or in the living room, just to, just to section a place off. Um, where you don't have to see your work at the end of the day or, or when the kids are home. or it Just to get you back into that mindset of um, home and then work. It should, should have a separation um, for maximum, I think, emotional benefits. Yeah, and I think you do a really good job. If I remember, you talked about crystals that you can bring in that help out. Uh, you have mm-hmm. a meditation. Uh, and so, yeah, it, it does the – the book does a really good job of kind of getting you set up about your office. You know, it needs to be organized. Again, clutter's an issue. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and plants. I like so, plants. I think plants are good in the office. Yeah. If, if you can have plants, I mean, obviously, you can't always have plants if there's pets or, or things like that. But but anything that kind of gives you that clarity of mind, so clear quartz is a good one. Um, but I always like to keep um, some kind of plant, like a jade plant or something close by, just because it's refreshing, it's rejuvenating. Um, if you can look out a window, that's even better. Um, and keeping the air fresh, like keeping the window open, I find is a big one for me. If if the mm-hmm. air is not flowing, I tend to be very, very tired when I'm working. So um, just little things like that if you're going to be at home. Um, and, and sometimes working from home is better that way because your office environment might not have that. You know, you might not even have natural light where you work. So so really take advantage of that if you are working from home is, is how you can kind of optimize that um, that work at home space to to make it comfortable and, and fulfilling because uh, I think that's really important. Yeah, a window is nice. I know um, years ago I worked at a company and I worked in an office in the, basically in the middle of the building and I had no windows and somebody mm. came in my office and said, all clear, there's no tornado. I go, what? Everybody had went outside and they basically had forgotten <laughs> about me. I'm like, oh, no. I'm like, from now on, I need to put the window so I can see the, the weather. But uh, wow. you're right, you, um, yeah, you're right, because you can disconnect very easily from nature and what's going yeah. on in, in the world. So I think, uh, I think, well, I'm When it isolates you. I'm, go ahead. No, go I was going to say, yeah, it just, it tends to isolate you when you're, when you're not seeing what's going on outside. And I don't think it's very productive. <laughs> a- 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 
absolutely. And and I think and I think that just adds to stress and anxiety. So mm-hmm. uh, it does, sure. you know, give you that peaceful. So what tips uh, and words of wisdom can you leave us with for someone who is looking around and they're like, okay, I want to start moving the energy. Well, for my my biggest tips, again, I'm going to go back to uh, space clearing. Uh, before you do anything, get rid of what, um, what what is old, What if something is broken, if you're not using it, um, if you can repurpose it or donate it. Um, I would strongly suggest to anybody starting there, um, cleaning and organizing is, is going to be your foundation for everything else you do. Um, in any room of your house. So start by reassessing what you what you have in that space um, and, and just removing anything that no longer brings you joy. I love I love Marie Kondo and her you know, you know, does it bring me joy? Is it is it um is it is it gonna bring me to where I am right now? So really think about that if it's serving you now or if it was serving you ten years ago. Um, because guaranteed you're not the same person you were 10 years ago. So number one tip I would say is to clear out your old old baggage, anything you've got, um, work through whatever those things might be if you can. Um, a lot of people have friends help them, you know, talk them through getting rid of stuff. Um, and then cleaning, uh, you can space clear using uh, herbs, um, using a lot of uh, intention as well. So thinking about... <laughs> Rid, ridding the space of, of old energies or past fights or anything lingering in the air. You can feel that energetically. So space clearing that way as well. And then just making a positive, um, or clear intention of what you want to bring in, I think, is is, is a big aspect of um, any kind of space changing. Um, before you bring in new things, visualize what it is you're trying to bring in and what you're trying to attract um, after getting rid of the old stuff. Um, and then if you are going to start buying things or you want to maybe spruce it up, um, there is some exercises in the book about um, how, you, how you're going to figure out how you respond to different colors, um, how, to different, how to respond to different styles. So those things are also important too. Um, I tend to, to walk around like places like HomeSense or any, anywhere that has home decor items. And sometimes I'll just go in and browse and see what things I'm drawn to. Um, without necessarily buying anything or look in magazines. What am I drawn to right now? And then start finding those common uh, connections. And then most of the time there's a there's kind of a central focus where I recommend people just follow that. So it might be certain colors you're drawn to, certain, you know, textiles or, or you know, um, elements that you might be drawn to. So uh, really focus on how things are making you feel before you bring anything new in and, and what kind of cohesive pattern that might uh, be unfolding. But those are probably my top ones is um, getting rid of the old stuff and, and really assessing that space before you go tackle anything huge. Thank you so much, Leslie. This has been a wonderful uh, time talking with you. Uh, and I can't Thank believe an hour always goes fast for me. Um, <laughs> anyway, so folks, go out and get Leslie Morrison's book, In the Spirit of Home, Practical Ways to Create Your Perfect Haven. Thank you very much, and we look forward to your next book. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. It was wonderful to meet you guys. David and Jeanette are sound engineers for their technical expertise, and I'd like to thank all of you out there, our listeners, for your continued support of all of our shows here on Circle Sanctuary Network Podcast, or CSNP. 
Join us on August 2nd on Circle Talk as we discover the power, magic, and secrets of Afro-Brazilian herbal witchcraft. Diego Didassi will be discussing his new book, Sacred Leaves, A Magical Guide to Orsha Herbal Witchcraft. I look forward to being with all of you all again, so please come back. Good night, everyone, and blessed be. Bless your blue green ocean, bless your red blue sky, your streams and your valleys, your mountains so high. Bless your gods and goddesses, Buddha, Sikh, and Jay. Jesus, Allah, Yemayah, we praise your many names. We speak a thousand languages, we speak with the same tongue. Bless our planet. Under one sky, all the people on it, we all laugh and we all cry. Oh, bless our planet, place of our birth. We are all one family, we are children of the earth. Bless your vibrant cities, bless your sacred ground, your hillsides and your forests. And bless your tiny town Bless the winged ones that fly Bless the horse and bear Elephants, the dolphin, the cricket and the hare We speak a thousand languages We speak with the same tongue Bless our planet under one sky All the people on it We all laugh and we all cry We are all one family, we are children of the earth Bless our planet, under one sky All the people on it, we all laugh and we all cry Oh, bless our planet, place of our birth We are all one family, we are children of the earth We are all one family, we are children of the earth. Thank you for joining us on the Circle Sanctuary Network Podcast, presented by Circle Sanctuary and produced for all who follow the Nature Center paths. Join us here throughout the week for various programming connected to the community around the world. And please don't forget to watch for updates on the Circle Sanctuary website at www.circlesanctuary.org. And follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash csnpodcasts. We can also be found on your favorite podcast hosting sites, such as iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, and others. And until next time, many blessings.
House Bills 5120 through 5123 establish uniform guidelines for clean energy projects, preserving private property rights for farmers and landowners across Michigan. Tell your legislator yes on House Bills 5120 through 5123, because clean energy is Michigan's future. Paid for by American Energy Action. OnSpring, dedicated to empowering GRC professionals with no-code software solutions for compliance, audit, and risk management. Learn more at OnSpring.com. OnSpring, people-powered automation.